The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the Lower Deck story, Mining the Mind's Minds. Let's try saying that and enunciating it. Minding the Mind's Minds. No, in fact, it's Mining the Mind's Minds. See? So that's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it in front of me. No, we'll right. we'll just call this the three the three M episode. That's right. Well, that's appropriate enough. Minnesota yes. mining and manufacturing. I'm exactly. Dom Bettinelli, and of course, as you can hear, joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. Uh, folks, be sure to get your very own Secrets of Star Trek t-shirt by visiting sqpn.com slash merch. Uh, that's uh, get our happy faces in our Star Trek mode on there. You can. Uh, I also want to tell you about another show on the network you're sure to enjoy called Let's Science. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash science. Uh, we do have a little bit of listener feedback to share with you at the end of the show, uh, and so stick around for that. And uh, we have a little news as well. Some news came out on Star Trek Day, which is September 8th, which is the mm-hmm. anniversary of when Star Trek, the original series, first premiered back in 1967. I think it's seven. Mm, six. 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 I was I always mess those up. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have found out that the uh, remainder or, or the next part of Star Trek Prodigy, the first season, uh, which has been chopped up into little bits and, and scattered all over the the calendar uh will well, be two bits yeah it's yeah. it's two bits so far uh this is the third bit is the is going to be coming out october 25th so mm-hmm. we're going to get 10 more episodes of that uh star trek picard the third and final season is coming on february 17th of 2023 uh and then indeterminate in the future we we have been told that discovery season five and strange new world season two will be out in 2023 so just a little bit of news and you can find there's like a there's a couple trailers and some behind the scenes and a and a clip a video clip uh so there's a behind the scenes for discovery and a video clip from strange new world season two which was actually kind of fun because it features uh ortega in Mm -hmm. in a little fun little moment so that was that was a good run so uh, just a bit of news, but let's talk about this Lower Decks episode. That's what we're here for. Uh, Jimmy, can you give us a recap of what happens in this episode? This week in Mining the Minds, Minds, <laughs> the Cerritos is at a planet where a group of scientists are apparently being turned into rocks by the local silicon-based life forms. They're using psychic minds that create your fantasies and then turn you into stone when you're vulnerable. Another more important ship has worked out a treaty between the scientists and the silicon race, and now it's up to the Cerritos and another California-class ship, the Carlsbad, to dismantle the science station and clear up the psychic mines. Uh, Mariner, Boimler, and Rutherford beam down to clear the mines, and they are shocked by the scornful and dismissive attitude of the Carlsbad ensigns, who seem to view the Cerritos as an unserious, undisciplined party ship. To prove their efficiency, the Cerritos gang double times it to clean up the mines while the Carlsbad ensigns work on dismantling the science station. Uh, 
The Cerritos gang is winning until an accident happens that damages all the psychic minds they've collected. This causes uh, not only their fantasies to manifest, but also their nightmares and random bits of information from their minds as well. Taking refuge in a cave, they discover that all this information is being transmitted to a silicon-based system that has been fused with Federation tech. They realize that the scientists and the silicon creatures are working together, and this is all some kind of scam. They also discover that the Carlsbad Ensigns actually think the Cerritos is a really cool ship, and the Lower Decks gang is legendary for their awesomeness as people who do more than just blindly follow boring orders concerning unimportant missions. Now reconciled, the two groups of ensigns fight their way out of the cave and get beamed back up. But when they enter a diplomatic meeting, Captain Freeman and the captain of the Carlsbad are having with the head scientist and the head silicon creature, they're in for a shock. Because the meeting has gone sideways and the two captains have gotten into an irrational, unending argument in which each of them insists that the other should have a special rock that the silicon creatures gave them as a token of their respect. This is something Incentendi is already familiar with because she's being trained as a senior science officer and she was assigned to get the captain's attention and be the voice of science at the diplomatic meeting. But she couldn't get the captain's attention at all once the quarrel over the rock started, not even <laughs> after Tendi did a scan of the rock and got unusual readings. In the end, Tindy smashes the rock to pieces, revealing that it contains a hidden Federation listening device that was the cause of the unusual readings. The captains then realized that the scientists and the silicon creatures had been playing them. They wanted to get the rock with the listening device into a captain's ready room so that they could get classified Starfleet information that they could sell on the black market. With their plan exposed, they'll now be put on trial, and the combined lower decks crews of the Cerritos and the Carlsbad have saved the day. The end. All right. <laughs> so I like how we begin this one, where we have the the usual pre you know teaser pre credit mm -hmm. teaser of victim something of victim of the pre credits. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we're not. But it's it's sort of setting us up because it's not going to be the, the typical. And then the Cerrito shows up to solve the problem. Uh, so we have like this this scientist who's tricked and seduced and becomes a rock under the purview of one of the rock creatures called the Scrabble, which I, I kind of mm -hmm. like that they're called Scrabbles. Mm -hmm. um, and then Scrabbles. Scrabble. And then after the uh, the, the credits. It's all been solved. This more important, like you said, the more important Star Starfleet ship has fixed everything, and it's yeah. the two California class who support vessels that are having to clean up the mess. Well, uh, and this is a this is a familiar, very familiar Starfleet ship that saved. It's the USS Hood, Excelsior class USS Hood, yeah. which we first saw all the way at Farpoint when it brought Crusher and Riker and LaForge and McCoy, the elderly Admiral McCoy, yep. to the Enterprise D back at Farpoint. Yes, that's right. That's right. Also, I like having the Carlsbad in this because so the California, the, the shtick with the California class ships is they're all named after a place in California. Right. So there is a Cerritos, California, and there is a Carlsbad, California, and I live right near Carlsbad, California. Cool. So this is sort of in my backyard. Do we know why they chose Cerritos? It's like, is that like one of the producers from there or something? Did we ever find out? I don't know, but they seem to be picking minor California yeah, towns. Yeah. It's not like we have the Los Angeles and the San Diego and the San Francisco, which is itself it a, a funny shtick. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. isn't isn't Cerritos like a suburb, like a small suburb of Los Angeles? Is not even like an important suburb. 
I'd have to look it up. Yeah. It's been a while. I, I looked at it once. And I thought it was like right outside of Los Angeles, but it's like right in the middle of suburbia, Los Angeles. It's just, <laughs> there's nothing to really show for it. Yeah. I mean, usually you name ships after important places or people or things. And it's, so it's kind of funny that the, these unimportant support vessels are named after relatively small towns that really aren't all that important in the grand scheme of things. So that is funny. Yeah. Uh, so ransom now, if is they ever if they ever bring on the El Cajon, I'll be really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say that's got that that's kind of a funny name. So it's gotta show up. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it's, you know. Yep. Uh, uh, so um, ransom first officer has been assigned the task of dealing with you know the the cleanup on the surface, and he's sort of dismissive of the outpost scientists as weird because all these scientists on the frontier. They just they want to explore space, but not by being cool like us Starfleet hotshots. They want to be scientists. I mean, what's with that? I just thought it was it yeah. was really really good. That really plays into Ransom's uh, attitudes. Um, so, as you mentioned, the these psychic minds will read your thoughts, bring your fantasies to life, and in the process turn you to stone. Uh, and for some reason, it's not the native creatures' job to clean up the mines. It's Starfleet's job. Because you know why not. Uh, you mentioned that Tendi's in senior science officer training, and she's been assigned a mentor for that, but not one of the science officers. It's the ship's counselor, the the bird guy, Doctor Miglimo. Miglimo. Mm. I, I see. I, I I think they say it Miglimo on the show, but yeah. I, it looks Italianate, and so yeah. I want to I want to soften the G and and try to pronounce Miglimo or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's my natural inclination. Uh, in any case, it's his first time being a mentor for senior science officer training. He's he hasn't even really yep. read the manual. He skims the manual. I, I feel that so hard. That's so bad. I mean, that's <laughs> well, it's like there's a Vulcan lot of Vulcan stuff. stuff. Vulcan stuff. <laughs> yeah, I really ought to edit this because there's a lot of that Vulcan <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Tendi just wants to cut to the test because that's her. Right. She's studied so much. Uh, she does. She thinks she needs to learn. Um, he thinks she needs to learn how to cut through captain's big egos that's the job of a senior science officer by being the voice of science i really feel like this is a 2020 thing i don't know like i feel like this is a, the subtext of this is like yeah. the science guy's job is to cut through the captain's big ego huh where are we yeah yeah <laughs> that before mm. <laughs> um so yeah and then we have the other california class ship the carlsbad they're hostile to the sritas crew at first because they say because they have a reputation Mm-hmm. Um, who is the and, course, yeah. and they're overcompensating for their own insecurities, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that they, they, of course, you hear reputation. Me, thought is bad reputation. Right. And it turns out it's actually the other way around that they're admired, and they actually feel uncomfortable around the Cerritos crew because they're so admired. Right. Right. Uh, so they're running them down to kind of justify and inflate their own position because exactly. of how insecure they are. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in charge of the away team mission is Commander Steve Stevens, who is this funny, like, toady to Ransom. He's like, Ransom's my best friend. Like, we're senior uh, officers together. And, like, he's just so, like, brown noser yeah, for, for Ransom. We yeah. have a sacred bond. And <laughs> Ransom in private is like, don't tell people we have a sacred bond. <laughs> he's like, dude, dude, like, uh, dial it back a little. <laughs> so, um, so Rutherford, so they're having to pick up these little green balls. Basically, that's what they are, uh, the mines. And, Glowing green balls. Yeah. Yep. And Rutherford 
starts getting one of these fantasies. And when they get it, it's like supposed to wear off within, you know, a few hours or days, like mm-hmm. is the way they put it, uh, depending yeah. on how strong it is. And of course, Rutherford's fantasy is, is of Dr. Leah Brahms. Yay, yes. Leah Brahms back on the team. Nice yeah. to see Vo- her again. Voiced by Susan Gibney herself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she is like destined to be fallen in love with, but right. not her for real. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> because that's what Jordy did in the in the next gen series, and now it's what Rutherford yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like this callback. Like if, if for some reason. Starfleet engineers, they just love Leah Brahms. They've, you know, she's like the, the, the pinup girl for Starfleet engineers. Oh, she got looks and brains. I mean, what more do you need? Right? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> uh, 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 so then um, Boimler's fantasy is an admiral who shows up on a floating motorcycle with a sidecar calling him to duty to fight the Borg. Mariner's like, your fantasy is riding in the sidecar? He's like, driving is scary. I'm a natural passenger. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> oh man, uh, Meredith's fantasy is the her one of the other officers, uh, Jennifer, I think it is the Andorian yeah. mm-hmm. um, that, that she's had a tense relationship with in the past. Yeah, and it, in fact, that there's uh, some sort of attraction between them, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, a new aspect that they're throwing yeah. out on on that's new Mariner. They they kind of they kind of hinted at it at the end of uh, season two. It was okay. kind of there. They kind of had a reconciliation and, and started to develop a relationship, at least a friendship at the end of season two. Right. Right. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, um, the, the Cerritos lower decks crew wants to compete with the Carlsbad lower decks crew and show them up by cleaning up the mines faster than they can dismantle the outpost. Uh, in fact, the way they clean up the mines is like they're dunking basketballs, basically yeah. uh, it's into this tube. And uh, Stevens is like, Hey, slow down. You're, you're going too fast. It's uh, you know, we need to be careful with these things. And the way they get him to agree to speed up is uh, because he has his bro crush on ransom. They tell him that the Carlsbad crew is mocking ransom. So he's like, what? And he gets a little too amped up uh, to show them up and ends up breaking the machine that they've been putting the mines into and scattering them everywhere and causing this huge, uh, uh, you know, not fantasy, but a huge um, illusion to grow of yeah. a, uh, a giant flying well, Kukulkan, Kukulkan from it's the it's the um, it's the Middle American god, right. um, and it originally appeared in um, Star Trek the animated series, and oh. so this is a callback to the animated series to have oh. Kukulkan attacking again, right? And um, also, in addition to Kukulkan, uh, there's a giant Borg snake. Yep. Yeah. And there are Klingon Batleth clowns. <laughs> the Batleth like, for arms. <laughs> Batleth for arms. Yeah. <laughs> and then a, uh, one of the California raisins with tentacles. Uh, I don't know if you had people remember that in the is, 80s. Oh, I missed that I, one. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize it was a California raisin, but okay. It's yeah. a squirming purple blob with tentacles. It, yeah. it kind of got, it, it kind of read to me as a, one of the California raisins. Which it would, probably was. That's <laughs> going along with the, the Cali class ships. That, that yeah. makes sense and then uh jennifer the andorian uh lieutenant is is then turned into possessive andorian wolf girlfriend which uh, yeah. uh i it, want to it, settle down with you and have a you know life together <laughs> yeah right right uh so like you said they retreat into the cave and collapse the cave and that's where they discover this uh combined silicate creature uh starfleet or, or or federation science 
uh, communications place and they're trying to, you know, to contact the Cerritos or the Carlsbad and are unable. And that's when Mariner says, it's not a real day in Starfleet unless comms are blocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that uh, that they hung a lantern on that. That and transporter <laughs> yeah. failures, which they have at the same moment. Yes. I guess, yeah. Well, I guess maybe not because they maybe they could have beamed out of the cave. They just didn't have the ability to call for that. Right. Exactly. But I, I do. That's one of the things I like about the series is they call out all of the, the tropes, the cliches, the mm-hmm. all the ways in which which the plots are kind of contrived in order to, you know, to, um, amp the drama in these stories. So that, that was fun. Um, the when we when we have this moment of revelation, when the Carlsbad crew reveals that they think the Cerritos crew is cool, not mm-hmm. and not bad. Um, they tell them, oh, no, the Cerritos is the enterprise of the support class ships, which yeah. is a great line, <laughs> because isn't this really what Lower Decks is about? It's about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the this crew who are kind of nobodies, but they get into all these awkward situations where they, everything turns out OK. And it's and they're they're cool because of it. So I kind of I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, well, they're, go ahead. They're, well, they're, they're talking about you know, all the shenanigans that that the Cerritos have gotten into, is, you know, shenanigans. Uh, you know, Mariner's like, what shenanigans? And then. uh uh, Boimler and, and Rutherford right. start rattling off that they tussled the Megados, tussled with Packleds twice. Klingons took off in the ship and he was drunk, uh, <laughs> scared the crap out of the drill instructor. And, and was there a time travel thing? <laughs> right, right. Something about the Packleds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but when the when the um, when the Carlsbad crew recounts their history, it's it's all portrayed as these were amazing, great things that they did. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Where it was them just often getting managed and get out of the things that they, they screwed up themselves. Yeah, uh, exactly. Funny. Uh, meanwhile, back on the ship, uh, Ta- uh, Tendi has gone to Dr. Ta'ana because she's Dr. McLemo's, you know, advice about getting the captain's attention has sort of backfired. Like she tried to barge into this negotiation or treaty signing and got rebuffed by captain Freeman. So, um, to Anna, you know, basically tells Tendi, look, when you're in these situations, you have, you can't just assume that you're going to succeed. You have to, you have to be willing to screw up before you can mm. succeed. That, that's really what she says. It's like, you really have to be willing to, to mess things up. In order to really, because if you're going to go on into things too cautiously, you're never going to get that opportunity to shine, um, which is kind of what last episode was about with Boimler being mm-hmm. told, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you're playing it too safe. You need to take By some rest. By Tendi. By Tendi. Yep. Right. Right. So kind of an interesting turnaround for her. Um, although I have to say, by the way, the the, the situation that uh, Dr. Daana was in with the, the crewman <laughs> who was getting yeah. treated for having the fish digesting his foot. Yeah. Uh, and that, and like, don't, like, look, I'm, I, I'm trying not to tell this guy I have to uh, amputate his foot and grow him a new one. So what? He's from the bed. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that was good. So, uh, we we are told that the or we revealed to us that the outpost scientists and the scrubble are working together to steal classified data from their minds. That's what these psychic minds are doing. So apparently what happened is, is once the scientists realized what the psychic minds were, they started talking to the scrubble and came up with mm-hmm. this idea about, you know, mining people's minds for information that they could then sell on the black market. Um, so they're going to steal classified data. And uh, this 
scrubble gift of this pyramid shaped rock was to be hidden in the captain's court uh, office and used to mine her mind, uh, you know, for this classified data. And um, she tries to not knowing that she tries to give it to the captain of the Carlsbad and they get in this SpongeBob level ridiculous. Yeah. No, you take it. No, you take it. Battle that just never ends. Yeah, she's until Tendi eventually smashes it. Right, find the find the tracker. So, um, the reason Freeman is trying to get the younger the the other captain to get is because he's younger. He's a young hotshot. Yeah, they have this tension between each other where she's threatened by him as the rising generation and wants to prove herself and her superiority is the experienced one. Whereas he has the reverse of, he wants to prove himself and view and, and kind of push her down as mm-hmm. the old school way of doing things. Right. 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 Uh, so as things wrap up, we are, uh, we, I forgot to mention uh, Stevens at one point, you had got turned to stone and knocked yep. over and his arms broken off. So you kind of thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. He was just brain dead for 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> his, his mind's kind of messed up. And now like he's walking around with his arms in like two casts. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he was brain dead. I think he was really dead because, mm-hmm. um, because when he's in the bar at the end and they're talking, he starts talking about, and he gets cut off. So we don't hear him say the whole thing, but he starts talking about seeing koala sitting on a black mountain. And yeah. that's exactly what uh, Shaxx revealed is part of the return from death process. Oh. It involves a koala and a black mountain. <laughs> and that, that also goes to the, uh, the the ascendancy episode where the, the, yeah. the lieutenant ascends. He says, why is there a koala and why is he smiling? Right, right. He's di- He's dying. He's not ascending. Right. Um, it's because it's a drop bear. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then they, we talk at the end. We're in the lounge, and they're sitting around with the uh, the Carlsbad crew who talk about living up to their reputations. What noting that while they may not be recognized across the fleet, the Cerritos is among the most famous of her class. Um, and they tell the the only qu- reputation that's questionable is that of Boimler, who's often seen as a tiny comedic robot who always gets into trouble. And Boimler was like, tell people I'm not a robot. Tell people I'm not a robot. I, I want to be a real person. I just want to be a man. <laughs> Which, of course, Boimler. Although, we in, in what was at the end of the first season, we'd seen that Boimler in the future actually has a giant statue made of him uh, mm-hmm. you know, in one of the possible mm-hmm. futures. So uh, interestingly, I was this weekend, this week, I was rewatching the very first episode of. Um, mm-hmm. Of Lower Decks. And it begins with a sequence. I I mean, I remembered it in hindsight, but I had initially forgotten about exactly the first moment. It's Boimler recording a captain's re-recording a captain's log in his own voice. Oh, and they and Mariner in a closet and Mariner stumbles in on him. And um, and and they and they brought that back just last episode with, you know, the beginning of season three hinging on him having re-recorded the captain's logs in his own voice. (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh, that's true. Uh, They they do mind their own stories like that. It is fun. It pays to to keep track of this sort of stuff. So and that's where we end the uh, the episode. Father Corey, other notes on this episode? Nothing here. Jimmy? So I like the Lower Decks crew from the Carlsbad. Um, there's there's three of them, just like we have three of our Lower Deckers down on the planet. Um, they're led by a woman, a human woman named Kearns, 
And then there's a guy, he looks human, but he's got webbing between his fingers. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh, maybe he's from the planet Argo. But but no, the Argo people look different than he did. They're from the animated series. Um, but there's an episode where Kirk and Spock get sort of hybridized with Argo people and they get webbing between their fingers. Um, what this guy actually is, is a Zaldan. And we ran into the Zaldan in an early Next Generation episode where Wesley was applying for Starfleet Academy. And part of the test was he bumped into a guy in the hallway who had webbing between his fingers. And when the guy, you know, started yelling at him, Wesley yelled back because mm. he realized this guy is a Zaldan, is, a Zaldan, is from Zaldan, like a Zaldanian, I guess. And they view politeness as a phony excuse to cover up and, and waste time. And they prefer directness. And so by mm. yelling at the guy, um, Wesley had the correct response and the guy liked him and Wesley passed the test. Mm. Um, so this guy is named Cordee. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's from Zaldan. Uh, so that was nice to see. And then they have a Tellarite and the Mm -hmm. Tellarite has a remarkably human name. His name is young. (laughs) (laughs) And at one point he gets injured and says, I think I pulled my dominant groin, (laughs) which which I tell that's an interesting aspect of uh, Tellarite biology. Yeah. There's a lot of little fun bits in there. Um, where, uh, you get these these the, the usual lines. Um, I, I like Tendi and Miglimo in the uh, in the the lounge at the beginning, where Miglimo is ordering you know a millet and offering her worms to eat and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garcon, one more round of millet and cut me off after that. That sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, he's very birdish. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. So I think that does it for our discussion of mining the mines. Mines. Uh, let's talk about the uh, our feedback. Uh, our feedback comes from uh, last episode two twenty four, the least dangerous game. And Paul, uh, Paul, I'm gonna. He's one of our patrons, and I should remember how to pronounce his name because I had to do it once before. But Sklenic, Paul Sklenic via YouTube, who writes, "Great show as always." I believe Doug Drexler, artist for multiple Trek series, sculpted the statue of Cochrane pointing to the sky as a set piece for Captain Archer's quarters on Enterprise. Mm. Yes. Sadly, his wife Dorothy Druder, the true chef on Enterprise, recently passed a couple months ago. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, mm. and let perpetual light shine upon them. Mm. Thank you for pointing that out, Paul. Uh, we appreciate that. I immediately, I never even noticed that there had been a statue on yeah. in his quarters on Enterprise, but yeah, yeah, he's got it on a shelf. I'll have to look for that next time. Yep. Uh, awesome. So that'll do it for us. We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Star Trek, including Pete P, Father Eric C, Father Michael D, Joe M, and John F. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest. I need to ask for your help. 
But first, I want to thank you for listening to StarQuest and supporting our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture. In order to continue that mission and create more new shows, we need to bring on more audio editors, video editors, and production equipment. If you value this show, we need to hear from you now. If you're not yet one of our monthly patrons, please become one. And if you're already a patron, please consider increasing your monthly donation. There are many special patron benefits we'd like to give you, and you can learn about them by going to sqpn.com slash give and clicking become a patron. Please go to sqpn.com slash give today. So we'd love to hear what you think of Mining the Minds Minds. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. You can send an email to trek at sqpn.com or join us at our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next new episode of Lower Decks. And until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, I'm afraid my brain is going to explode with science. StarQuest wants to hear from you. We're conducting a survey of our audience. That's you, to help us in our planning for the future. Please take a moment and visit sqpn.com slash survey. We'll be selecting two participants to receive an Amazon gift card as an expression of our thanks. So visit sqpn.com slash survey today.